My name is Harry Rabin, and I am a natural history filmmaker and focus mainly on things in nature and primarily the ocean and all the animals that live within it, like sharks, which are one of my favorites. Perfect. And I also saw that you are a UCSB alumni. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. That's amazing. And so can you tell me a little bit more about Reef Guardians? Sure. Um, Reef Guardians was formed originally in uh, Kauai on the North Shore, taking a look at uh, what was going on to the sea life in the nearshore environment, specifically the reef and the creatures that live among it, and notice, noticing that there was a lot of damage to those reefs over the last 15, 20 years. So we formed our organization to primarily find out what the causes were and also to do research and working hand in hand with government agencies like DAR is what's over there. And we've been pretty successful at it and working together with city and county government. And we took that over here to California as well, focusing more primarily on the sea life, like for example, the great white shark nursery that happens to be here that we discovered back in early 2017. Yeah, that sounds like amazing work that you're doing. Um, and so in celebration of Shark Awareness Day and the research that is being done on sharks, why is the research on sharks so important, especially in the central coast of California? Sure. Well, sharks play a very critical role in our environment. And if you're on a healthy reef, you're actually going to see a lot of sharks inhabiting that area. If it's unhealthy, you're not going to see them. And that's primarily because they keep things in check and they get rid of things that are dying and, and, and clean up the reef as well. So they play a very important role in the ecosystem on our reefs. And that applies in Kauai, Hawaii, California, all around the world. And we need to have more shark awareness right now because they're being preyed upon in ridiculous numbers and this has to end because if they do go extinct, that's going to have a severe impact on the ocean environment and the health of our reefs and the ecosystems, multiple ecosystems around the world. And what's preying upon them? The, their biggest predator is humanity. Uh, climate change has played a vital role on where they are and where their food is. And that's a threat to them. Overfishing is a threat. Misunderstanding sharks in general, because while sharks have very little disease, it was assumed they never got cancer. And all of a sudden, a doctor came up with, well, let's take their cartilage and make it into pills. And that, that alone caused thousands or hundreds of thousands, if not millions of sharks to be fished out of the waters and made into pills to fight cancer. And that just is not true. This has been proven. But when you have incidents like this, it gets out of control. It's also used as diet in, in the Asian countries like China. And, and so they are using them as a food source, even an aphrodisiac. And, and it just needs to stop because the amount of sharks being mutilated and taken from the sea is a very large number. And we're losing way too many. And so what's the presence of the sharks right now in the waters of Santa Barbara? Well, in Santa Barbara, we've seen a really large comeback of the great white shark. And that's primarily because it was on the endangered species list for a number of years. 
And what we saw is during that time, their population actually started to boom. I mean, last year alone, we counted over 61 juvenile great white sharks off the coast here near Carpinteria. I don't really want to say the specific beaches, even though it's known, because that has attracted boating, shark touring, and that poses a threat as well. So we, we are seeing a, a pretty decent comeback, um, even in the estuaries that feed into the ocean, we're seeing a large number of birthing of hound-type sharks, like leopard sharks, uh, similar species. And you talk about these boats and people that get attracted to hearing about large groups of sharks that are being found in our waters. How do you or others fight against that? Well, we do it through awareness and we do it through working with fish and wildlife. We, we even filed formally to have a marine protected area. It's called an MPA in these certain areas where the sharks are trying to come back, but where all of a sudden there's been a large amount of generated boat traffic and uh, sea dews, these personal watercraft. And I, I don't think people are deliberately trying to harm them, but in our observations, and working with the county and the city in these beach areas, we've noticed that they've been chasing them, they run over them. So bringing more awareness to that through our organization and other organizations such as Fish and Wildlife, I think has helped tremendously. We've been posting signs with Fish and Wildlife just so people can learn about the great white sharks. It's got a little QR code on it that'll take you right to a website and inform you what's going on. Even on our website, we give a count weekly or monthly of how many sharks we've observed. And working with California State University Shark Labs and Patrick Rex and, and those people, uh, they're out there tagging them all the time. And, and we originally brought them out here to do that and provided our boat as well for them to use for this research. Yeah, well, I think it's great that you're providing this education for the public to know more about sharks. And you mentioned before that there is this misunderstanding of sharks. And I think just typically in media or just general knowledge, sharks are often stigmatized as being extremely dangerous. What are your thoughts on that? Well, sharks are an apex predator. And as they get older, they're looking for larger food and they can't always differentiate someone swimming in a wetsuit from a, a seal. So that's when you have an occasional incident. I mean, in all the years at the Carpinteria beaches where these great white shark juveniles are, we've only had one bite and it was just a nudge on, on a woman's toe. And more than likely when we, we were actually there filming from a drone when it happened, there were rays all over the place and that is their primary predation species that they like to eat. So if you happen to be swimming amongst a bunch of stingrays, bat rays, be aware of that because they see you as competition. And so they will nudge you, which essentially is what happened with that little bite. And that's happened twice in the area, up in Gaviota too, same situation. A free diver, free water diver was swimming over a, a bat ray. And it's literally five seconds after he saw that bat ray, he got bit in his toe. And the shark kept coming back, you know, to threaten them. Hey, get out of my turf. This is my food sort of thing. And, and what you can do when you're in the water is if you see their prey species, <laughs> such as these bat rays, just look around. And if you happen to see a fin, keep your eye on that fin as you're leaving the water. Swim backwards, walk backwards, 
that sort of thing. Try not to take your eye off of them because they know underwater the difference between the back of your head and your eyes. They are that smart. So if you keep eye contact, that's the safest thing you can do. They are not out there to attack us. We are not on their menu at all. I think our listeners would be glad to hear that and take some advice if they ever do encounter a shark in the waters out here. What is the most important thing that our listeners should know about sharks and to know for Shark Awareness Day? Well, know that they are sentient beings. They're smart. They have a brain. They, they hopefully know the difference between what they eat and you. So if you happen to have flippers on and a black wetsuit, And you see a shark in the area, like I said, keep your eye on them and slowly back out of the water. If you're on a stand-up paddleboard, we'll enjoy looking at them. They're curious creatures. They do approach swimmers, surfers in the water. And as soon as they get within a certain distance, they generally turn away. I mean, I can tell you I have been in the water with them, putting a remote camera on the water. Next thing I knew, I was literally face-to-face with a 10-foot great white juvenile named Nubby. We've known her for four to five years now. She keeps coming back. I think she's got, you know, something for for me because I've seen her three times. Uh, You just need to be aware of their presence. We need to be able to share that environment with them. That is their primary environment. We're visitors trying to recreate. Um, You know, that's what I would say. Yeah, and I would love to hear more about Nubby or your encounters with sharks in general. Well, Nubby, we've we've tracked since she was, I think, about eight feet. She's now over 10 feet. She's very wide, 22 to 24 inches. Uh, I've had three experiences with her, two in the water. And that woman who got bit, we're 90% sure that that was Nubby. It's kind of cool to see the same sharks year after year. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, I think the very unique thing about our area here is we're pretty sure that these great white sharks are actually birthing in deeper water. And then these little sharks under four feet or around four feet are coming into that specific area we call the great white nursery because the water's warmer, there's lots of food. And because they are smaller, they have a smaller liver. They can't tolerate the cold. So it's just it's just a unique area to be in and to observe all of this and, and to have an intimate relationship with some of these sharks over the years. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. And it's so amazing to hear that there are like shark nurseries and sharks present in our waters. I go to the beach all the time. I never see them, but I know that they're out there. And it's so interesting to hear how close they are to us. Oh, they're very close. They're right. They're literally where where the wave is breaking sometimes and in that break and then turning around. They won't get into super shallow water because they know they'll get in trouble. But that's the great white. There are leopard sharks all around you you, at the beach. You know, you don't even know it. And lots of times you could see them swimming around in the summertime over in Isla Vista and carp beaches and uh, near near uh, outflows from estuaries and wetlands. You will see them. So I'd say go down to the beach and look. I definitely will try to see if I can spot one. But just to end this interview on this one note, what is your favorite fact about sharks? Oh, that's a good one. I think my favorite fact is they're, they're, they are a giant tooth. 
when you look at their mouth and there's tooth behind tooth behind tooth as they lose them, well, you can look at their skin through a microscope and you'll see dentricles, which are actually mini teeth. And, and humanity, we emulate, we copy what we see in nature. And that's the thing I like about sharks is, well, their skin is like sandpaper and we literally make materials imitating nature um, as tools. And that's how it should be. We shouldn't be taking them from the sea to use them. It's not the right thing to do right now. That's definitely a great fact and a great point to make that we shouldn't be taking things from nature. We should be using them as inspiration. Correct. So yeah, thank you so much, Harry, for joining me for this interview. I hope our listeners can take a lot more from Shark Awareness Day and what you had to say. Sure, and they can check out everything at reefguardians.org if they want information and feel free to contact me directly. Thank you again to Harry Rabin and Reef Guardians for teaching me more on shark awareness. For KCSB News, I'm Jennifer Yoshikoshi.